Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Hi there, and welcome to a special edition of the Ion Cannon Podcast. Today we are joined with the producers of the Freemaker Adventures. I'd like to welcome to the show Bill Motts and Bob Roth. Thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Hello, hello. When it came to the development of the series, how did you guys approach Lego and Lucasfilm with the idea, or did they, they come to you? <laughs> so, uh, good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, we, we were sneaky. That's, yeah. what, that's how that worked. <laughs> we'd heard rumors. We'd heard rumors that, that uh, there, there was, they were looking to do a Lego Star Wars series, not just a series of specials like the Yoda Chronicles, but, you know, a weekly series, and uh, we made pests of ourselves. Uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, somebody at Disney, uh, and we called him up and said, you know, you, you've got to, we actually cornered him at a party at Comic-Con, a terrible, awful party at Comic-Con. <laughs> Industry party. So San Diego Comic-Con, warm beard, many people... Music too loud. Music too loud. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, normal comic Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, you know, and the funny thing is, we were going to leave, because we were like, yeah. this this is just too much. And so as we were kind of making our way to the door, we saw this executive, and we were like, oh, he's the one who knows about the show, so let's just corner him. And he was he, he happily shared what, what he knew about the show, which was they want to do a Lego Star Wars show. Uh, all new characters. Um, it should include. It should be. Uh, you know. It should include the entire saga. Um, and that was all they had at that moment. And so uh, we said, you know, thanks. Enjoy your warm beer. And we got out of that. Party. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we we were a little bit sort of. You know, you're you're in a daze every day at San Diego Comic Con anyway. But. Uh-huh. You know, we, we were especially in a daze from that, and we're like, well, let's go grab a dinner somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we walked, like, three blocks to this uh, dinner location, and as we're waiting to be seated, Bob says, I know what the show is. And I turned, and I said, what show? The show we just heard about, Joe? He's like, yeah, yeah, I got, I got this idea. And so over the course of dinner, we hashed out the, the show. Bob had right away this idea that they should be salvagers. Uh, there's, you know, they uh, should be set in the classic uh, trilogy timeline, probably should be like uh, right, right up uh, between Empire and, and, uh, and, and Jedi. So we have all the prequel stuff to salvage and all as much as we can get out of the uh, classic trilogy to salvage, but we'd also still have the, you know, Vader and the Emperor and, you know, all this stuff. And uh, the idea of this family and, you know. Roger the battle droid. Was, yeah, yeah. the first that we had. Uh, like, yeah, there, should, there should be a droid. It should be a battle droid. And obviously his name is Roger because of Roger Roger. Right. right. So we, we had that out of that first dinner. Then we had to wait several months while meetings were scheduled and meet and greets and whatnot. Uh, and in our first meeting, that Disney executive pulled us aside and said, you know, you're, you're going to meet the Lucasfilm people here, and you're going to meet the Lego people here. Don't pitch anything. Just just listen. Just mm-hmm. listen. They just want to meet you. They just want to be somebody you can work with. 
and we totally ignored his advice, and we did. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uh, which was it was coming across in our in our conversation in the meeting is we are lifelong Star Wars fans and Lego fans. And Bob and I actually met at uh, a USC summer production workshop in in 1990, and we bonded over. Our love of Star Wars. And our, our first conversation was, "What's your favorite movie?" Star Wars. Yeah, and, and, we, and we both Wars. went to take this class because this was the school that George Lucas had gone to. You know, so right. we thought maybe some magic would rub off or something. And uh, so, anyway, you know, we Star Wars has just been such an important part of our our life journey, our story journey, and that kind of thing. Uh, so for us to be in the room and sort of telling, you know, our passion for Star Wars and, and for Lego, because I, I especially, well, we both did, but grew up uh, building Lego. Uh, my mom is from Denmark and where, you know, Le- the Lego company's based out of. And as a kid, we'd go to the Danish Legoland, and I was just into it. So uh, our passion for uh, both of these uh properties was just, I think, evident in the meeting, and so finally the executive looked, he's like, all right, fine, spill it, tell them your idea, and so that's what we did, and, and, and from there, it yeah. off to the races. Yeah. Wow. So, how are you able to, so you guys are lifelong Lego fans, and I know it's something different than the Lego Chronicles, but you guys blend so expertly the Lego humor with the Star Wars universe. I, I can tell you guys had that plan from the beginning. Is it easy to keep that going per episode? Because a lot of it is very, I mean, let's put it this way. It's very well done. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Um, it, it, it's easy and difficult all at the same time. Uh, you know, it, it, each episode is its own little challenge and puzzle to figure out. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I will say, like, we, we when we first sit down to break the stories, we don't think of them necessarily as little plastic Lego characters. We think of them as flesh and blood people. And then once we have the story, we go, okay, let's take a look now, and are there opportunities to, to place some of the Lego humor into it? Um, that way it felt like it, it keeps the stakes real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the emotional uh, content authentic. Yeah. And, and the other thing of it is, is just sort of and this is where, you know, out of that, that dinner at Comic-Con, baked into the premise of the show is taking apart vehicles and rebuilding them and salvaging, and all that feels very uh, very much part of the Lego DNA. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we, uh, we're we having this conversation about I, one of the things I like about Lego is the fact that you can kit bash or, or they bash anyways you're playing and you rebuild and you make something new. I mean, it's kind of this endless thing, and we thought, oh, my gosh, here's this cool idea of all this scrap and you could you could build well we discovered the word is ugly that's actually mm-hmm. from the expanded universe uh you could build these uglies <laughs> and we thought that was a really cool idea that's awesome and i think um at celebration europe i was at the panel i believe you you guys mentioned that the uh the two freemaker uh boys are based on um your son's bob is that is that correct Yes, yes, they're, I mean, loosely based. They're not entirely 100%, and there's a little bit of crossover even. Um, but, uh, yeah, my, my younger son is very much Rowan. Uh, <laughs> Rowan's ability to stay on topic and focus on the important stuff is very much my younger son. 
And uh, my older son is a gearhead. He loves cars. He loves fast, expensive cars. And uh, that's where Xander, uh, Xander's affinity for, you know, N1 Navy Starfighters and uh, all, all the other fancy uh, spaceships he's so in love with. That, that came directly off from my, my older son. Yeah. Uh, so we, we look for, um, you know, places to take inspiration. And they were right here under our nose. You know, the one we never mention, and, and, and I feel remiss, is uh, we never talk about where the inspiration for Cordy came from. And uh, it, 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 it's strange. Cordy is totally inspired by Eddie Murphy in 1984's Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> really? <laughs> we, were about, he is, we, were, we were thinking about that scene where he goes into the warehouse and asks the guy for a match. And then when did that guy's bosses come along and ask him, oh, and he's no. like, yeah, I'm an inspector, and this guy gave me a match, you know. And so, yeah, so if you watch that in the episode, the very first one, uh, right. Hero Discovered, when Cordy confronts those uh, stormtroopers, it's just pretty much stolen. It's, yeah, it's Eddie Murphy. It's just Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to watch that again. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, one thing, sorry, back to your previous question about how we write and, and getting the tone of... Uh, one of the things that we, we when we break we broke out the season ahead of time in a really rough form uh, before we even brought in uh, the writers for the room we had a, a pretty decent sense of where we were going and, and that kind of thing so uh, we kind of looked at the whole season almost like you with the same arc you would get like in, in a film so there's going to be certain episodes which are I think totally going to be more comedic not unlike what happens in Force Awakens or some of those uh, the other Star Wars films where there's opportunities for comedy. But then I think as uh, the story progresses and the stakes get higher, it's going to be a little less goofy. You know, Xander's Joyride story really works, you know, earlier in the season than right. later as we mm -hmm. build in our... Yeah, and I was surprised by how quickly you guys revealed Nare to be evil, and how quickly the plot has just progressed mm -hmm. throughout the season. It's been actually moving very. Well, yeah. And that was a debate, you know. Yeah, it, was a, it was a debate, but pretty quickly we settled on we got to get this out there early because it gives such great tension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so knowing that that Rowan is standing right next to <laughs> this bad person, this horrible, evil, <laughs> terrible woman, um, and and is inadvertently, uh, you know, helping her along on her quest to... Which we, we love that conflict, because, I mean, there's that thing of, you know, the audience, you're kind of rooting for Rowan to find these kyber crystals, and then he turns around and hands them to Nara, mm -hmm. and it's like, you're what really are you doing? Doing? like, oh my gosh, he's, he's succeeding and making this terrible. And, mm -hmm. Uh, but I loved I loved that Lucasfilm and Lego went for that idea too because you know it's a little bit uh, a little darker than maybe you might expect. Well, and that was the other thing too. We we knew that that was a punch in the gut um, at the end of the first episode, and we wanted to let the audience know um, there's a tonal shift here from from the uh, Yoda Chronicles and and Joy Tales, and we should say. We think those are brilliant. Uh, Michael Price, who was the showrunner on those, is a friend of ours. He's a genius. We, we love those uh, specials. But they are parody. They are the Mad Magazine version of, of uh, the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. We are doing something different in this show, and we wanted to let the audience know right off the bat. 
There are stakes here. This is not just going to be silly running around chasing pieces of plastic. There's going to be a meaty story here. And one of the things that's fun is, you know, obviously uh, when you're working on a project like this, you've got to keep it mum. And so it was fun when Bob was finally able to show the first completed episode to his family and hadn't told them anything, including his wife Beth, who was really mad at him for that ending. (laughs) 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 That sweet little boy, how can you do that? We were just giggling with absolute satisfaction that Mm -hmm. uh, that was exactly the response we wanted. Well, I... I have to ask this question. Did you show her last night's episode where you ended it in a cliffhanger? Okay, I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat going, and I have to wait until next week to figure out what's going on? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, she's, uh, we haven't had a chance to sit down and watch that episode. Um, oh, okay, sorry. Spoiler alert. Forgot to say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I predict she will be pretty upset with that one, too. But, you know, that episode, uh, you know, the... Uh, was it the, the Hoss episode? I can't think of its proper title. Showdown. Showdown. Thank you. Uh, you know, <laughs> we when we wrote that uh, ending, we were, you know, pretty confident uh, that it could get pulled off well, um, that Nicholas could do the the drama of it and still not... Nicholas Cantu. Nicholas Cantu, sorry. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so we're in a recording booth, right? And, you know, the, the, the actors, they act like the siblings on the show, really. I mean, they really are a family. And so they're, they're goofing and doing their typical thing, you know, between takes and that kind of thing. Then we get set to do that scene. And we go through it, and Nicholas just knocks it out of the park. And all of us, including, you know, the, the adult actors, in the booth, and all of us in there, we're all choked up. <laughs> and we're, and we're, oh, yeah, we, if we could just get a, a safety take of that, just as a backup. <laughs> and he was like, oh, great. He's, like, he's spinning in his chair, like, woo, this is great. And then he's like, he okay. Rowing. Yeah. He is very rowing. And, and then we do it again, and same thing. You know, there's Vanessa and Eugene, you know, tears in their eyes, kind of looking at this kid as we're choked up too, and he gets through it, and it's just amazing. And uh, then again, he's just like, hey, woo, next thing. And I don't know, that, that kid is an incredibly intuitive actor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really pleased with how that came out. So when it actually comes to, you know, writing the episodes on the sh- for the show and kind of working on it, how closely do you work, if at all, with uh, other members of Lucasfilm, like Dave Filoni or Michael Price? Um. Michael and Dave are, are off doing their own things. Um, we do work with Carrie Beck, who is the uh, VP of animation, um, and uh, Josh Rhymes, uh, also part of the, they're both part mm-hmm. of the story group. We work with Leland Chi, um, and uh, yeah, they especially Leland is, is good at, you know, well, Carrie's very good at, here's what's going on elsewhere in the Star Wars universe. You can't go to this planet because... Around the same time, Rebels is going to be going there, so hands off. Uh, and Leland is great at knowing every obscure tiny little... <laughs> yes. Backing. So yes, yes. We're, we're just uh, 
we're, we're in great company yes. when, we, when we do our story break meetings. And also, their story says of what makes Star Wars Star Wars is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, as much as, you know, you know we think, hey, we, you know, we, we've loved this franchise for a long, long time. And I saw it opening, you know, opening weekend in 1977, uh, but yet it is such a, uh, a, a wide and expansive universe that uh, they're just, some great nuances that obviously they understand that they bring in. And I love it that when sort of things kind of work together, I think a few of uh, our viewers have noticed, like, oh, that's kind of also, like, and this, and like, yeah, that's, there's no accident. That's uh, quite by design. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we we worked closely with Terry, Josh, and Leland. But they also, uh, it's all on a need-to-know basis for us. And uh, (laughs) the... uh, when we were because we, we were working on the show while episode seven was being done, and so they were uh, had been decided that they would like us to interact with a character from episode seven, then go to a location from episode seven, and uh, but it was we had to uh, read a few pages of the script so that we would know who Maz was and Takabana, and. Uh, but it had to be redacted so that we were only getting the uh, core information that we needed. But Bob and I are such huge fans that we didn't want the movie spoiled for us. Mm-hmm. So we asked them if they could redact it even further. <laughs> <laughs> so that we would have just the absolute minimum on, on those characters and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And so what was hilarious was... Just what we need to know to do our job. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Larry, so I think you two are the only uh, two people in the world who want to know less about <laughs> right. Well, everyone else is searching for more information. You're like, no, don't tell me. Right. Yeah. They're like, no, no. We're no. actively yeah. avoiding spoilers as much as we can while reading pages of episodes. <laughs> that, that's that's got to be so hard. But you're you're able to take this and make it like you know canon adjacent or like uh, canon canon paraphrase right. to star, you know to Star Wars. But is there anything that you would love to like? Let's say from the Force Awakens or Rebels, any of the characters that. Other than the ones that have been there, like you've already brought in Hondo, you brought in Maz Kanata. Is there is there like another character that maybe you'd want to try and sneak in there into the the Freemaker adventures going forward? Uh, I would say yes and yes. Well, no, that that's fine. I mean, we're we're, we're not. My wish list has been largely fulfilled. Oh, very cool. Ooh. Okay, I, I do. Have... I will say, you know, this, the the process of making this show has been full of surreal moments, and one of the most surreal was sitting down at my computer and writing the words, you know, writing the dialogue slug of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like that was a dream come true. Like if you'd gone back to 1977 and found little me walking out of the movie theater and told him, by the way, one day you're going to write that character into a script. Would have blown my little mind. Yeah, uh, so that was you know, that was bucket list right there, writing Luke. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's great. I got I got one follow up question, and this is totally off the mark. And you don't have I don't know if you guys even know that, but will we get a Lego of Dengar ship? I would I would love to have that ship. Oh, I would kill for that. I would, I would that. kill for a punishing one. I would kill for, for a Rancor's fist. Yeah, I would love for that. ship, Rancor's fist. I would love to have it. Um, or, or, or. I don't think there are any plans for the punishing one right now at the moment, but, oh. but bummer. You know, 
By the way, you know, uh, for fans, they have that whole thing where you can uh, submit your own designs. Right. Uh, so if it's any fans out there have a, a great bill for Punishing One or Rancor's Fist, you can submit designs, and if enough people show interest, they will. And I, I have seen on, on, uh, on Reddit or maybe just the Internet in general. I can't remember. I, I found them on Google. There are some homemade uh, MOC uh, uh Punishing one uh, uh, kits, or you know, people have made their own punishing ones, and they're pretty dang impressive. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a will, there's a way. That's yeah. that's the beauty yeah. of Lego. That like, you know, if you can imagine it, you can create it. Absolutely. But, you know, the, the whole thing with Dengar, you know, we were so excited to be able to, to use him because it was like, who is that guy? I mean, he has so much story and, that you could get into. But but I love the design of the punishing one. I mean, I'm just I'm a huge fan of. of a lot of this design from mm-hmm. sort of the games and, and the expanding right. universe. And, uh, and we're, we're always happy when we can you yeah. know, find a place to yeah. stick one of those things in, either in the background or... And it's, I mean, it's pretty... I, I just saw a tweet today of somebody who's identifying some of the ships mm-hmm. that are... And I tell you, you know, thanks to Leland, we have yeah, a lot, a lot of a depth of reference. Almost everything you can identify from something. That, that's got to be so much fun. Wow. So... One of the things that was really cool is as that show has been coming out, Lego also kind of released like the Freemaker ship and other models. Was, like, where does where does that start? Does it start with like a Lego model that someone thinks is really cool, and then you bring it into the show, or does it start with something in the show and then you kind of Legofy it, and then it turns into like a model that's in your hands? Yeah, it's, it's, it's both actually. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, uh, for the for the main ship certainly. Um, this is another one of those surreal moments. We're sitting there. To typing away, and then, you know, an email pops up and says, Doug Chang has drawings he wants you to look at. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? I'm going to tell Doug, Doug Chang how to draw yeah. Star Wars? Here's how that works. Doug should say to us, uh, this is what it is. This is what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. don't make trouble. Yeah, sit down, Freemaker guys. Yeah, you know, whatever, um, but it's, yeah, but he's, he is so kind and collaborative and, and all that sort so of stuff. So Doug Chang and Ryan Church uh, definitely did some designs for for the show. But and also and comes from the Lego group. Yeah. So like the mm-hmm. Star Scavenger mm-hmm. uh, and the Eclipse Fighter both originated uh, with, the with, with the Lego group. And so it, it was their designers. And so another uh, unbelievable moment was going over to Bill in Denmark to uh, uh, meet with the, the Lego crew there and meeting with the designers. And they hold us what they call, they hand us what they call the uh, sketch models, and it is sort of their version of like this is what we're thinking it looks like. What you think <laughs> you're holding in your hands? Is it uh, the, the really remarkably looks like the ones that are for sale now, and uh, explain the features that they've added, and, and then we talk about things that like we wanted, and so it was kind of weird to have the ship that we thought of in our head. Uh, you know, for example, <laughs> we originally. <laughs> called the the uh, Star Scavenger the Hammerhead because we thought hammer and tools and that kind of thing. And then with the scoop mouth, that uh, we had this idea of how it would fly through space and scoop up parts. It kind of looked like uh, the profile sort of looked like a hammerhead shark. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, it was called the Hammerhead. And then uh, when that thing clear legal... Uh, we had to figure other names, and I think that was a, a great obstacle because I'm much happier with Star Scavenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's just kind of fun how we had this idea of a shark kind of going through space, eating up these parts, and then that got translated 
to the design that the Lego designers made, and now it's a kit. That's awesome. That's really cool. Speaking of, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, of, of of making Legos and stuff, the uh, the tenth episode introduces the maker of Zoe, who should be familiar <laughs> to fans of both Lego Star Wars and mm-hmm. Star Wars as a whole. How did the idea of taking Dooku's clone, Jed fourteen, from the the previous Lego series come about, and then actually making him look like George Lucas? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's... So. Uh... Two excellent questions. I, I think, if I'm remembering quite correctly, the request to include Jack came from uh, from Lego. Mm-hmm. They they just wanted a nod towards the the older specials. It's something that would connect. Yeah, and we we found a place where we felt like he fit perfectly, and and could you know we needed somebody to be a little bit of a mentor for Rowan, a good mentor in Sosanare. Uh Though Jack uh, fit in there perfectly. And uh, we were we were all too happy to use them. Uh, the the look, <laughs> like George Lucas. That's a good question. And I think it actually existed <laughs> in the Yoda Chronicle. Yeah, in the, later. in the new Yoda Chronicle, that version of Jack shows up. So right. which, as much as I would love to take credit for putting George Lucas in the show, that was, that was, I, I don't uh, think we. That was Oh, well, I guess you're right. But, okay, you. Yeah. I think I do remember that now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Lucas. It's great, though. I don't think we did much alteration to the design uh, as we... Uh, um, I don't think we did too much alteration yeah, what, how to, to bring him into previously. our show. Yeah. But it was funny, too, when we were breaking that episode, we were talking about, you know, what is the sort of template of, of story and how do we want to tell it and the kind of vibe we were getting and kind of the mysterious <laughs> and yet hopeful and, you know, that kind of thing. And we kept, we kept referring to the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And so then, as we were talking about, uh, well, so it's like it's like the maker of Oz kind of an idea. It's, and then we just reversed Oz, and that was so. So that's as stupid as that was to come up with that. Hey, but it worked. Uh, uh, we 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 were we were sheepish about it for a moment until Carrie told us. Carrie back told us, you know. No, no, this is the way names are, are created in Star Wars. And yeah. She went down a list of a whole bunch of plants. Uh, including Taco Dada, which Taco I think did have something to do with tacos. Yeah, yeah. Before, so. so we're like, okay, if they're doing it on the movies, we're okay to do it here. <laughs> but naming stuff in Star Wars, that's hard. I mean, yeah. that, that is always one of our... Uh, to make it like the, even the name Free Makers, we just oh my gosh, we went around and around, back and forth and back and forth. What should the name of this family be? Because we wanted something as iconic as Skywalker, which is you know really hard to replicate. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like we spent a lot of meetings trying to get that totally right, but we liked the idea of. The free building, mm-hmm. uh, so free making, and also the idea of making the universe free uh, as heroes. So it seemed like free makers. Yeah, double meaning. Yeah. Well, like, and, and, and yeah. in a way, it also has a triple meaning because you can basically take a Lego and make anything out of it because you're free to do whatever you want with all these Lego sets. So. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and then. So that, yeah. To, I mean, we've, very much want this show. You know, we we want kids to go out and buy the the sets that are on shelves. But we also want this show to sort of, you know, turn their 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 box of Lego bricks mm-hmm. and uh, 
let their imagination run, run wild and uh-huh. come up with their own shit. And, yeah, and but we're, we're trying to take ways even where we can encourage more people to build their version of an ugly and then share with us and the Lego and Lucasfilm group their, their build. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's part of the fun of that fan interaction. Right. Um, to tie into something that I brought up earlier, because this last episode ended in a cliffhanger and Rowan going off on his own in hopes of sparing Corday and Xander, um, what can we expect yeah. from the final two episodes of the season if you, you want to? Say anything about it? Tease something, maybe? Well, it's a musical. <laughs> it's a musical. <laughs> uh, I think you can expect to see some uh, great action and humor, and uh, we've got some sequences in these next two episodes I am incredibly proud of. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Looking uh, forward to I, it. I, I, I buy Michael Donovan, um, yeah, our, director. our voice director, who they, they has wrangled this cast so well. They do incredible work. Michael Kramer, our uh, composer, composer does, um, does some beautiful... The theme is so catchy. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, the theme is amazing, isn't it? And, and, and the, the thing is, yeah. like, we, we took a trip over to Denmark to visit our production studio, Will Film, uh, just a few months ago. And around every corner, I swear somebody was humming the theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how catchy it is. It's like, yeah, uh, it. it I, I don't want to. It's sacrilege to say, you know, this is as good as anything John Williams came up with. But um, I feel like it. It fits in with the rest of the Star Wars universe appropriately. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all. And it's such a catchy theme. Yeah. Uh, I think the big question for the finale is: Can uh, can Durpin and Plume Striker sink any lower? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how and how perfect was Richard Karn for casting that one character? So it was kind of funny. We knew at the very start mm-hmm. that we wanted uh, Richard Kind to be a part of this show, right? And we also wanted Dave Snyder. Snyder. And so we kind of had them. Eyeballed those two roles of Grabala and uh, Durbin. We knew uh, that we wanted those guests, but we kind of, you know, thought maybe it should be the other way for a time and that way. But I think they settled in. Both mm-hmm. Once we once we heard the audition is Grabala, we were like, no, that's, no, that's the way. That and then when Durbin uh, went, that uh, Richard Kind as Durbin. Durbin, yeah, it was that was like home run. Yeah. <laughs> Pencils down, people. This is it. Yeah. So both those guys. Uh, they bring so much to the role, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're fun to work with. Okay. Yeah. So, kind of one last question, kind of to wrap things up. There, there are tons of Star Wars fans out there. Kind of, what would you say to those people who haven't actually checked out the Freemaker Freemaker Adventures yet? How would you kind of get them to go and watch that first episode and get hooked on the show? Well, I would say, you know, um, the so we will give you a dollar. We'll give you a dollar. <laughs> uh, adventures. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our, our show, we, we've made real efforts to make our show a real Star Wars story. And that means uh, we want, you know, we want to embrace everything those movies have. The humor, the action, the, the drama, the, the emotional investment in the characters. Um, we want all of that in our show. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think I think people, fans were and maybe a little hesitant initially to embrace the Clone Wars or Rebels because right. it was anime and not you know, mm-hmm. the live-action films. And I think once they did embrace and discover 
uh, those shows, they realized that you can tell a pretty deep, uh, significant Star Wars story in that right. format. And so I hope that even though we're Lego, uh, you know, animation, I hope that fans will give us a chance. Um, I think that if you invest in the first episode, you hopefully will find it worthwhile to continue. And I think if you stick with uh, all 13 episodes of season one, you will end up with a very satisfying, uh, dramatic conclusion. Right. Well... I, I just want to say, Bill and Bob. <laughs> yes, and you can send that to. One of the things we wanted was uh, we wanted people to say, you know, I think that show's better than I thought it would be. So that's mm-hmm. our goal. As long as people are looking at things, that was better than I thought it would be. I, we're we're going to be happy. I think you definitely hit that goal and exceeded it. So I, excellent. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and and I really want to want to you know, anybody who's listening to this podcast, please check out the Freemaker Adventures. Uh, Bill and Bob have been so great with this episode, with these episodes so far. I really, I want to thank you both for your time of taking the opportunity to let us have this interview with you guys, and this has been a totally fun interview. You know, well, thank you. We thank have, you. We are privileged to be on the show, and uh, and also just. Uh, happy to share it with the world. So thank you for helping tell our story. So no problem. Because it, it it is a fun show for for being a Lego show and in the Star Wars universe set on like the little side of it. It is really a fun show, and people really should check it out. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again. We're uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you uh, again in the future. We'd love to. Anytime, guys. Let us know. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on this show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2016.